Uh, Good morning. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. A voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. Jesus was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Thank you, Victoria. We are starting a series in Mark's Gospel, working through the different stories of Jesus. And I love Mark's Gospel because it is quick and it is action. It, it, he mysteriously skips the Christmas story. You'd have to look at other accounts of Jesus for that and get straight into the action. Because it's uh, such a short book, only 16 chapters, it's my... My preferred choice, if anyone says to me, where do I start in reading the Bible? I will say, go to Mark's Gospel. Turn straight through to the newer part of the Bible, to the, 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 the end part, and go to Mark's Gospel, because it's 16 chapters of quick-fire action. And so that's the one I recommend to, to newcomers, to people who are exploring faith. We use it in our little lifeboat groups Uh, because it quickly unpacks the stories of Jesus and therefore who Jesus is. And the introduction that Mark uses is with this guy called John the Baptist. And he's a guy who comes in with a message for the people, the people of the lands, the Israelite people, and it's a message that the Spirit of God has given him. So in this way, he is acting exactly the same as the people we call the prophets in the older part of the Bible. But here we are in Mark's Gospel, he's giving this message to the people, and it's a simple, clear message. He says to the people, get your acts together. Sort out your stuff. He says, repent and be baptised. In other words, he's saying, look, you've lived your lives with a heart that is hard towards God, which has meant that you've been wandering away from God's purposes and doing your own thing with all the stuff that goes with that, now is the time to change your mind and swing around and soften your heart. The dunking in the water is about cleansing and seeing forgiveness from God to get back into his purposes, the unfolding story of God, which is about to take off in a whole new way So be ready for it. Get your act together. And he did this business of dunking people into the River Jordan, baptizing them. And the people at the time, they would have understood that. They would have seen that as a ritual cleansing to say, yes, I have got things wrong. My heart has been has been hard and now I change my mind and I want to be cleansed from all that, forgiven for my past hardness and all the stuff that goes with that. 
and I want to come up and be in God's purposes. John the Baptist, it's all about preparation. Getting yourself ready for the one who is to come. And John the Baptist himself says there's going to be one coming shortly, very soon now, who's going to baptise as well, but not baptising you in water like I am doing, but baptising you with something way, way more special, baptising you in the Holy Spirit. And he has a name, and his name is Jesus. And verse 8, Jesus comes in on the scene. And the first thing that happens is that Jesus meets this guy, John the Baptist, and Jesus has John the Baptist baptise him, dunking Jesus into the water. Now, you might think that's odd, because John the Baptist knows that Jesus is way more than he will ever be, and he's going to bring, and bring the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So why doesn't Jesus baptise John the Baptist? But Jesus is quite specific, says, no, you baptise me the same as all the other people. He's doing two things here. He's saying, look, treat me the same as all the other people. He identifies as an ordinary person. A regular person identifies with humanity. And the second thing that he's doing in allowing John the Baptist to baptise him is to say, look, I'm declaring before the whole crowd now that I, Jesus, I am fully submerged into the will of God the Father. I am fully sunk into his will and his purposes his unfolding story. I stand in the continuity of all that story of, the, of what God has been doing for his people, the Israelite people, over hundreds and hundreds of years, remember from Exodus on and all through, all that stuff. I stand in continuity with that and go forward in his purposes. In other words, he makes it a big deal. And that's why Christians of most flavours and shapes and sizes, and especially Christians as us, who stand in the Baptist tradition, clue in the name there, that's why we make a big thing about baptism. That's why we encourage people who have discovered Jesus and are walking in faith of Jesus to come and be baptised and to make that public declaration to say, yes, I'm in. And I'm all in. Now, some people say to me, but do I really need to, uh, to tell my story, make that public declaration? I say, well, well, Jesus was prepared to stand in front of a crowd and be all in for God's purposes. So if it was good enough for Jesus, why wouldn't it be good enough for us, even if it's not our normal thing or if it feels a bit uncomfortable? Why would we not do that if we're claiming to follow in the same footsteps of Jesus? And that's why we encourage people to share their story and be baptised. We've got one of those uh, services coming up in March the 11th. So uh, if that's something that you've never entertained or you've never thought about, then come and see us afterwards and we can talk that through because we've got a baptism service coming up in March. 
So Jesus goes down into the water and then comes up. But something special happens, something very special that seems to mark Jesus out being different from the regular people that John the Baptist has been baptizing. Because as he comes up out the water, a tear appears in the divide between the physical, as we know, and the spiritual. And the Spirit of God is seen coming down and descending on Jesus and resting on him. And with that special moment, there is this audible, audible voice coming from the Father God, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. In you I am well pleased. This is a wonderful, wonderful moment of affirmation onto the man Jesus. You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Setting Jesus up, affirming him for who he is in God the Father. And it is on that basis of knowing who he is in God the Father that he is then able to minister. It ministers out of knowing who he is. And that's an important principle. Burn that principle into your, your thinking today. We cannot minister without knowing who we are in God. I'll tell you, for myself as the pastor of this church, I cannot do my job for a single day without having some idea of who I am in God. Can't do it. Not for one day. We have to know who we are in God. And the same principle applies to all of us. Our understanding doesn't have to be perfect, but you know, like I encourage you to minister. Those who are regular here will know that I keep encouraging you to minister, right? Well, let me tell you, I do not expect you to minister for a single minute without you having some idea of who you are in God. Because you won't be able to do it. Know who you are in God. And that starts by knowing who Jesus is and having faith in him and knowing who you are in him. Then it will all come together. And so... Remember last summer we did that series of affirmations, didn't we? Reminding ourselves that when we are in Christ, we are his ambassadors. When we are in Christ, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. When we are in Christ, we are sent and commissioned by him. All that stuff reminding us of who we are so that we are able to minister. So in this series where we look at Mark's Gospel, when we will look at the stories of Jesus, I'm going to encourage you to rehearse the stories of Jesus. And uh, the families will, will have a resource pack there on the table at the back there if you haven't got yours yet. And it's a way of encouraging you to sit down with your children, with your families, to tell each other the stories of Jesus. 
And I would encourage you to actually do that, to sit down with uh, your sons and the daughters and, and say, look, I'm going to tell the story and then you tell it back to me. And then you have a go at telling the story and rehearse it that way and the resource pack will help you through that. So you can use your own words, you can uh, express it in your own way, but learn to tell the stories of Jesus because in telling the stories of Jesus, you will discover who Jesus is and you will be able to point other people to who Jesus is as well through those simple stories. And they will therefore act as a gateway, a possibility, opening the possibility of people believing in Jesus. And in believing in Jesus, they can then discover who they are in Jesus and therefore in God. And therefore, themselves be able to minister. And that's why our key question this month is all about Jesus. Who do you really believe Jesus to be? You see, your answer to that question is fundamental to your faith or whatever level of faith you have. Your answer to that question is fundamental to your faith and therefore what decisions you're going to take and how you are going to live your life. Who you really believe Jesus to be. Everything will flow from answering that question for yourself. Who do you really believe Jesus to be? Everything flows from there. But here's the thing. Having Jesus received this wonderful affirmation, uh, then something strange happens. He is then led by the Spirit of God out into the wilderness, into the desert, into a hard place, into a difficult place where he's going to be hungry, where he's going to be thirsty, where he's going to be bombarded by these tests and temptations from evil. He's led into a place where I think simply knowing who he is in God will not actually be enough. He's in that place of hardship and hunger and thirst. It won't be enough for him to simply know in his head who he is in God. Now he's going to have to rely on who he is in God to get through that time. He's going to have to utterly depend on who he is in God and his faith in God to get through that time. And it doesn't get easier for John the Baptist either. He sticks to his faith principles and that lands him in trouble with King Herod who throws him into prison. And I have to be honest with each of us here. Putting our faith in Jesus, discovering who we are in God and ministering in his name will land us in trouble. It won't simply mean that all our lives are perfect and rosy from that point onwards. It will get us into trouble and into difficulty. It will take us into times when we have to learn to rely 
on who we are in him. And to utterly depend on him, whatever the circumstances. And that's why the challenge for this month, uh, with our up question of how do we relate to God, our challenge is to turn belief into action. Because it will not be enough to simply have a theoretical knowledge up in our brain somewhere. We've got to do something with that. We're going to turn belief into action. So as you go through the stories of Jesus, if you discover through the stories of Jesus that, say, Jesus is healer, then what are you going to do the next time that you are seriously unwell or a loved one is seriously unwell or someone that you come across has uh, a serious ailment or, or, or health issue? What are you going to do in the light of knowing that Jesus is healer? Turn faith into action. If you discover through the stories of Jesus that Jesus is the one who brings unconditional forgiveness then what are you going to do when you come across a situation where you are wronged, where you, someone, you see someone else who has been hurt by the, by the wrongs and the bad of other people? How are you going to apply yourself into that situation knowing that Jesus brings unconditional forgiveness? If you learn through the stories of Jesus that... He is able to command the winds and the waves and therefore calm the storm. Then what are you going to do the next time you're in a situation of great calamity when everything around you is falling apart and going wrong? What are you going to do based on your belief that he can calm the storm? Turn belief into action. The biggest risk... For a church like us, of a group of believers like us here in the room today, is that we keep our faith theoretical, but in practice, in everyday situations, our faith does not apply. That's the biggest risk for us that I see. That we don't actually apply who we say we believe Jesus is, into the situations that we will face day on day. Hard situations turn faith into action. Jesus is now on the scene. And he too announces. And I love this announcement. It gets straight to the point. He says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. In other words, he's saying, right guys, the ministry starts now. Let's go. And he's straight into it and encouraging others to come with him in it, in the purposes of God. Repent and believe the good news. That word repent is a Greek word. It means to change your mind, to turn your thinking, to turn your thinking from 
that hardness of hearts where you were walking away from God's purposes and doing all kinds of stuff that goes with that, going in the wrong direction to change your thinking and turn around, leave that stuff behind and go in the new, in the newness of God's purposes and who he is, allowing him to forgive the past. Repent and believe the good news. You see, John the Baptist's message of preparation is a perfectly good message for us as we start a new calendar year, 2023. To say, how are we going to be prepared for God's purposes in unfolding through this year? We've had all that stuff from Gump for the previous year. That's that's done, that's happening, okay, there's stuff that overspills. But now it's this year, how am I going to be walking with him with a soft heart going forwards in his purposes? Is there stuff that I need to leave, leave behind? Is there thinking hardness where I need to change my mind and turn and go forward in the new with him. Use the stories of Jesus to learn about who he is. Put your faith in him. Turn that faith into action. Through that process, you will learn way better than you'd ever known before who you are in God and who God always intended you to be. Out of that basis, you will be able to minister in his name. But it will require you to learn to utterly depend on him. Why don't we stand to pray? And I'm going to invite the musicians to come and get ready, please. So let's stand if you're able. And we're going to pray for a few moments.